which takes us to the last step in glycolysis, technically, the ninth step in aerobic glycolysis. And this is, again, a very important step because it's a rate-limiting step, meaning that uh, how fast this step goes, how fast PFK1 goes, and how fast glucokinase goes determine the entire rate of glycolysis, those three enzymes. That's what rate-limiting means. So, PEP, the enzyme here is going to break this bond and shift this double bond to a keto group. And in, in doing so, it generates, by breaking this bond, generates enough energy to make ATP from ADP and inorganic phosphate. Okay? So the enzyme is called pyruvate kinase. Remember, we, we've talked about the term kinase. Usually the term kinase indicates you either use ATP or produce ATP. In this case, we are producing ATP and producing pyruvate, the final three carbon keto acid produced from glycolysis, aerobic glycolysis. So this is important first because it's a rate limiting enzyme. Second, it produces ATP. So it's both a rate limiting enzyme produces ATP. And third, it's going to be regulated by a number of molecules and two of them <coughs> are allosteric inhibitors, and that's ATP and alanine. Both can inhibit this enzyme. This is really a very important enzyme uh, because it's producing energy and it's very tightly regulated. This enzyme is also activated by the product of PFK1, fructose 1,6-bisphosphate. So if, if PFK1 is active, you have enough fructose 1,6-bisphosphate produced. That can allosterically activate the last step of glycolysis in pyruvate kinase. Very important. And thirdly, this enzyme is regulated by hormones. Okay, and I'm gonna explain that to you uh, here. This is pyruvate kinase. I hope you appreciate why we spent time on these covalent modification allosterics. This is all about that. So, this is the active form of pyruvate kinase. Pyruvate kinase can be phosphorylated by protein kinase A. You remember protein kinase A when we were talking about signal transduction? 
glucagon receptor, beta-adrenergic receptor, both of them will activate protein kinase A. But protein kinase A can phosphorylate pyruvate kinase on specific serine, threonine residues of the enzyme. That's what covalent modification means. And make the enzyme inactive. So by looking at that, you're going to say, you should say the enzyme is active when glucagon is inactive when glucagon is high. Typically, glucagon is high when blood glucose is low. Okay? So, the reverse would be true. The enzyme would be active when you dephosphorylate it back to active form, remove the phosphates, and that occurs when glucose is high or insulin is high. Okay? Before I go there, I want to go back here. So the enzyme can be inhibited by PKA-dependent phosphorylation, which is uh, dependent on glucagon receptor being activated by glucagon. I want to say one more important thing here. Pyruvate kinase, there's, uh, this enzyme, there's a known inherited deficiency in this enzyme. And it affects, most importantly, red blood cells. Red blood cells, as I mentioned before, are extremely, on, well, entirely dependent on glucose for their energy needs because they don't have mitochondria. So the, ener the only energy producing pathway in red blood cells is glycolysis. So if you have a deficiency in this enzyme, you are removing two ATPs from the energy output of glycolysis. Furthermore, red blood cells, because they don't have uh, mitochondria, they're going to metabolize pyruvate to lactate and use up that NADH. So the effect of this deficiency is to deprive red blood cells of their normal energy complement or needs from glycolysis. And because of that, you get a condition called uh, chronic hemolytic anemia. If red blood cells aren't able to maintain themselves through their proper energy output, they start getting leaky and they start can't pump ions in and out and things like that. And when they do that, the immune system sees them as there's something wrong with them and it attacks them. So they, uh, they actually uh, undergo hemolysis. So basically, uh, that's why you get the chronic hemolytic anemia. As a matter of fact, it's quite prevalent in terms of an inherited deficiency. Second most prevalent uh, deficiency 
leading to hemolytic anemia worldwide. 